Hello, friends. It's another Tuesday, and I welcome you to the Mental Catalyst. I am Michael Mankoa. The Mental Catalyst, or TMC, is a show that seeks to empower everyone to achieve their purpose and full potential on Earth. So it's been a while since I came on TMC, and uh, we decided to just change the format a little bit in season three, for which we had different resource people, and the style was a little bit different. So this is the beginning of season four, and I'm very happy to be here once again. So everybody, welcome once more. Uh, today's episode is episode one of season four, titled Death Sucks. So we are talking about death. And death is obviously a topic that culturally we don't like talking about. It's more like a taboo. And a lot of times we are pretty scared you know, about death and anything that has to do with death. But today I've decided to talk about it because at the end of the day, <laughs> We are all going to experience it in one way or the other. So today's topic is about death in general. I also want to use this opportunity to thank everybody who has been part of the TMC movement and those who also made it to Afajato on May 7th. We had a really, really beautiful time. It was amazing. And uh, we got to connect with, you know, different people from different walks of life. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. So I just want to say a big thank you to all the organizers of TMC, as well as all the guys who uh, participated uh, on, on, you know, on the hike. A lot of times people ask me why I am so driven and why I don't give up when I'm faced with challenges. And for those who have known me, most people know me as an entrepreneur, some, you know, somebody who has been at the game for close to 30 years. And whilst growing up, my ambition has always been to be filter rich, be a billionaire in US dollars, have the finest things in life, the most beautiful houses all over the world, um, you know, uh, the finest cars, dining with the finest and the nicest people. I mean, the good life, yeah, whilst I was growing up, and I knew that all I had to do was work hard, you know, like go to school, go to some of the best schools, go to, you know, get my get the best degrees I could get, work somewhere and then start my own businesses and have a conglomerate in Africa whilst, you know, whilst I was growing up. But as I age, that dream started shifting. And as I reflected upon my purpose in, in this world and why I'm here, it dawned on me that the bigger dream is about living for others. And for me, luckily for me, I've been able to find my dream and my purpose and the meaning to my life is basically to help others find meaning to theirs and so by so doing whilst i've been looking at how to add how to help people find meaning to theirs i had to start appreciating my life as a whole and in appreciating my life i realized that i've been blessed i've been blessed because a handful of people have loved me unconditionally a handful of people have stuck with me when they had no reasons to stick with me. A handful of people have taken bullets for me when they didn't have to take bullets for me. With all my imperfections, they still chose to love me unconditionally. So it dawned on me that these are people that I need to live for. And with all of these dreams that I have of all of these big, you know, things that I want to achieve, they have to be part of it. So for that reason, no matter whatever challenges I face in life, I always look at, I look to those people silently and quietly, and I'm like, you know what, no, Michael, you can't give up. You got to get out because these are people who have put their own dreams and aspirations on hold to support mine, okay? So one of my very good friends, uh, Alekia Nufa Kwenye, who is one of the finest lawyers in, in, in Africa, normally will always ask me because he knows some of my challenges. He knows some of my, my, my highs and my lows. And he constantly always asks Michael, Charlie, how do you do it? 
I don't get it because you're not supposed to be able to get up and regroup. And a lot of times I tell him, look, it's because of the people that have been with me, who have stuck with me, who have given me the best of themselves. I cannot let them down. I cannot let them down. So if, if I'm to take into scriptures, you take Samson, who had his hair, and anytime his hair you know, grew, you know, and grew and grew and grew and all of that, he became stronger and stronger and stronger. And then he's able to do what, to do all the wonderful things that he used to do that we all have read about, you know, in, in the Bible and the, that, you know, preachers and pastors have preached about. And for me, my Samson is not my hair, but my Samson is the few people who have loved me, stood by me, and have taken bullets for me. May 7th, May, May, May 10th, I had my last conversation with one of my best friends, a brother, a confidant, a general, a soldier. This friend, this soldier, this brother, it's called Prosper. Prosper. And I've known Prosper for well over 12 years. And there is nothing Prosper won't do for me. Prosper fell ill briefly. Got admitted to the hospital. It was discharged after three days. And I knew he was going to be all right. So every day we will touch base with him to check on him. The day after he was discharged, I was having lunch at 8.05. I was eating Monica fish with tritium, only for me to get a call from the wife that we had lost Prosper. In the presence of other people who were having lunch, I started saying S-H-I-T, F-U-C-K. I couldn't, my heart missed, my heart, I couldn't, I, something had come over me. I felt that pain I had never felt before. How could we lose Prosper? This guy is part of my existence. He's part of my, my future. Anytime I'm down, I look to him and I'm like, no, I have to see Prosper at that table when we've made it and we are, we are, we are, we are all celebrating, we are happy and he's his, his happy and his family is happy and all of that. What happens to that dream? A part of me was lost. I couldn't understand how. A guy who was barely 40, a guy had just been in touch with, a guy I knew who was going to make it. How could I lose him? This is a man that when we talk about loyalty, nobody comes second. Nobody beats him. When we talk about unconditional love, nobody beats him. When I'm quiet, when I'm in pain, when I'm frustrated, when I'm depressed, he knows. And he will say, boss, you're going to make it. When I traveled in March and I was going to come back, he said, boss, don't let anybody pick you from the airport. I want to be the one who picks you up. When I was struggling with business and business was not going well and people were leaving, he stuck with me. He stuck with me. When he had so many other opportunities, he stuck with me. This is a man that if I were to give him my kidney for him to live an extra second, I will give without thinking twice because he gave meaning to my life. How could I lose Prosper? How could I? In growing up, nobody really talks to you or teaches you about death. 
a lot of times we see it on Facebook. Oh, Charlie, somebody has gone. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Rest in the bosom of the Lord. And we go to your funeral. People take selfies, and then that's about it. But when somebody is super close to you and they are truly part of your life and your future, it's a different ballgame. For the first time in my life, I realized I was human after all because I could not shake it off. I lie in bed with tears in my eyes almost every night. I struggle to think about how to shake it off, but I can't. And tears just drip, keep on dripping. No matter how much I try to block him in my thoughts, it's there. No matter how much I tried to recollect the experiences, the moment we shared, all the interactions, it just gets more deep and deep. And I've realized that, you know what? As much as we live, death is part of our existence. And it's important that we try to understand what it is and live and live right. So today, I talk about death sucks, okay? So as I normally do, I give some quotes. No one here gets out alive, Jim Morrison. Nobody, once you, you've been brought onto this earth, you've been given birth to, you are going to die. You're going to go. So knowing that you're going to go, it's important that you understand why you're here and live your life on your terms. So that when you want to go, you know that, you know what, this is why I'm here. And if I'm going to go, I want to live on my terms. On, um, on Mother's Day, I went out with my parents and whilst having dinner with my parents and then two other good friends, uh, people who are super special to me, they were, they, were, they were there with me. And I was telling my parents about my memoir coming up and the chapter that was talking about my death wish. And my parents were taking them back. First of all, why would I even be talking about death? And any parent wouldn't want their child or their children to die. So why am I talking about that? Now I'm like, no, this is my death wish. And my death wish is, I'm talking to God. I'm telling God that this is how I want to die. This is when I want to die. These are the thoughts I want to have before I die. We are taught to pray to God for the things we want, for protection, for wealth, for good health, and all of that. But why can't we talk to God about death? Because we are going to go anyway. So my thinking is, you know what? If I'm going to go, I want to go on my terms. And I'm going to have a contract with God so that he works with me and he takes me out on my terms. So when I told my parents about my church wish, they just couldn't, you know, they just didn't want to hear it. They're like, you know, you're crazy. Yeah. But I think that it's important that we embrace the idea of death because it allows us to live well. It allows us to understand and appreciate the value of life and why every day is important. Okay. If people thought you were going, to, you were dying, they, they will give you their full attention. It's interesting, yeah, because if you know that a loved one, a family member, or a good friend is is is, is terminally ill and going to die, we give them we give them attention, yeah. We always we want we want to make sure that we are with them whilst they exit, yeah. So we don't have regrets. But a lot of times, we have good relationships and friendships and all of that. We are not in touch with, yeah. We are not in touch with. And what I'm saying here is, look, it's about time that those that truly matter to us, we find a way to constantly be in touch with them so that, you know what, we are not surprised when they are no more with us. Okay? So let us not wait till people are ill and they're, 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 you know, they're about to you know, pop or exit before we get in touch with them. Let us embrace friendship and relationships and let us keep loving and let's, touch, let's stay in touch with these people because guess what you don't want to look back and have regrets because you did not do what you had to do when they were there okay what we have done for ourselves alone dies with us 
what we have done for others and the world remains and is immortal. Okay, Albert Pike. So when we do things for ourselves, when we die, it dies with us. But when we do things for others, we live for others and humanity. When we are even gone, we live to the eternity. And this is the essence of life. And this is the true meaning of life. So as you live your life, as you go about your daily lives and the things you do, keep in mind that the ultimate is to what live for humanity and others. Through that, you're going to find fulfillment. Through that, you are going to have success. And through that, you'll find the happiness that you truly deserve and desire. Okay? Suicide is never painless. Not for, not, not for the person who felt it. Let me take it again. Suicide is never painless. Not for the person who felt it. It was their best option. Or for the loved ones who are left wondering why. My brothers and sisters, I am strong. I'm a liar. But the death of my man, my soldier, my friend, is, is different. It's different. It's different. I find myself lonely. I find myself sad. I find myself weak. I feel something significant has been taken away from me because the reason why I get up every day is because of somebody like my friend, Prosper. And I recollect anytime he's around me and I want to drive, he will say no because he wants to drive me, he wants to serve me. And a lot of times I just want to drive him because I want him to know he deserves to be driven. He deserves to be chauffeured because he's an angel. He never used to understand why I always wanted to serve him as well because that was my way of also saying thank you. So as we live, let us find ways of letting people we care about, that we love, that help that serve us and support us and are always there for us, let us also love them and let us also serve them. It's always a two-way street. Yeah, it's not one way, okay? Now, until I experienced this, you know, this event with my, my, my special guy, my soldier, my chief of staff, my best friend and all of that, I never knew that grief is something that one needs to know. As you're listening, I don't know how many of you know the stages of grief and its importance. And if you don't know, today's session is to throw a little bit light on the stages of grief. So we have five stages of grief. Yeah, the first one is denial. So in this stage, the world becomes meaningless and overwhelming. Life makes no sense. Okay, you you get into a state of shock and denial. You're like. Oh, no, it's not possible. That's the same way when I was told that we've lost prosper. I was like, it's not possible because it's never part of the plan. My understanding of life is that, look, we grow old to 70 and then we die. This is somebody who was barely 40. It's impossible. This is somebody who is the drama in church. This is the guy who serves the Lord. How could he die? He knew all the plans we had. He knew we were close to big things. He knew it was around the corner. All his sacrifices were about to be paid off. So why now? Why would he leave? So now I was going through the process of what? Denial. I was in shock. Life was not making sense. And I had a lot of questions. I was asking myself. I found myself silently being depressed. I found myself giving up on the dreams because if he is supposed to be part of the destination and he's no more there. What is the sense of me fighting on? What's the sense of me going on? 
But denial is part of the process. Well, that's the first thing when death or the news of losing a loved one or a special person hits you. The first one is what? Denial. But that is also part of what? The healing process. You're not going to realize that, you know what? Yes, you're going to be in denial, but that's when the healing process starts. Okay? The next one is anger. And you're going to have that feeling. You're going to experience that emotion of anger. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry. Allow yourself to be angry because it's part of the natural process of losing a loved one. Okay? And that anger may seem endless because I find myself on a daily basis fighting thoughts of him, reliving the experience and the moments we have shared. And I get angry the more I think about it. And I find myself struggling to block it, stop myself from thinking about it. On his one week, I attended and I was asked to give an impromptu speech. And before I got up to give the speech, I had so much tears in my eyes. I felt tears dripping. I had to quietly be wiping them. And I was like, I can't believe. I can't understand why I'm so overwhelmed. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I was angry. The more I realized that truly I had love for him. Okay? So anger is part of it. It's part of what? The process of grieving. Okay? You're going to feel deserted. You're going to feel abundant. The same feeling I thought. This is a soldier. This is my soldier. You know, somebody I knew that no matter what I tell him, nobody else is going to hear about it. No matter, you know, my challenges, he's not going to put, he's not going to put it out there. This is somebody who has been loyal to me to the hilt. So I felt deserted. I felt abandoned. I felt naked. I felt lonely. Okay. But this is an indication of what the intensity of love that we have for what? Whoever we have lost. The third one is bargaining. Now, this is where it seems like you'll be doing, you do anything, you know, for your loved one to, to be spared. So now I'm bargaining, I'm telling God, you know what? No, you can't take him. It should not be him. You know, what can I do? What should I do for him to come back? You know, is there a magic wand I can wave and then he comes back? So now at this stage of whatever it is, that's when you're like, oh, please, God, now you're, you're begging. You're like, no, please, it can't be. Just bring him back for a moment, you know, and all of that. You're, now this is when now you live in the past. And you're going back, you know, you're living in the past in the sense that yeah, you're going back to all the experience and the, the moments you've shared. And then looking at it and you're like, no, God, this cannot be happening. You know, no, please bring him back. Let it just be a dream. You know, maybe he's not dead. He's not in the morgue. He's just sleeping. Wake him up. You know, I want to say sorry to him. Maybe I should have done this. I didn't do this. You're going to go through that process of bargaining as well. So we talked about denial. We've talked about anger. We've talked about what? Bargaining. Okay. And this is where regret sets in. And remember what I said earlier, live your life in ways that you don't regret. Okay, you don't live with regret because once the person is gone, it's difficult to go back and make amends or say, I'm sorry. So on a daily basis, do not carry emotional baggage. Don't hold beef. Don't hold beef. Let it go because you don't know when somebody is going to pop. You don't know when somebody is going to pop. This is the same guy that before, you know, I think two days before a Fajato trip, I was like, dude, we're going to Fajato. Come and let's go. 
Okay, because I had wanted to, I had wanted him to be there with me. Because a soldier like this, who has given me so much love, I always wanted him to be by my side. I always wanted to see him smile. I always wanted to see him happy. And this is a guy who has taught me love. Because when I'm around him and he's interacting with his wife, if we go out to have dinner or we have lunch, he's always thinking about his his wife. It's like, oh, tell let me take some takeaway with you for a fee and things, man. Every time, and I look at him in amazement. I was like, wow, wow, wow. You know, so I. I learned a lot from him as well. So now here is somebody that I've learned so much from who has stood by me and is no more there. So bargaining is what go through the regrets, you know, part of it. And those who have read Tuesdays with Murray, he talked about, you know, having a regret where he had an issue with a friend and he didn't, you know, apologize or he didn't make up with a friend that and he lived with that regret till he died. I don't want anybody who is listening or watching, please don't, 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 don't be in that let go. So if you're watching, there are people you have issues with. Go and make peace. Go and make amends. Okay. And the fourth one is depression. Depression. So after bargaining, our attention moves squarely into their present. Now that is why now, like I was talking about, as I lie in bed and I'm alone and I'm quiet, I'm like, geez, I feel broken. I feel shattered. Then the tears, you know, they, they keep rolling. They keep rolling. And as you wipe, they keep rolling. You feel pain in your heart. You know, you just want to cover yourself with your duvet. You want to. You, you don't want to wake up. You know, you feel a little bit suicidal. You're like messed up. You're gutted. That is the what the depression state. And my brothers and sisters, it is not fun. It is not fun at all. It is not fun. It's not fun at all. Now. This stage is also part of what the healing process. So all of these stages you are going through, it's preparing you towards you know what, how to heal and how to handle it and how to move on, even though you truly cannot really move on from losing somebody who is significantly important in your life. Okay, so the depression state. So when you understand these stages and you are going through it, it makes sense. Okay, and I, I've, never, I've heard about it, but I never understood what these stages were until I started feeling it and going through it and being challenged on a daily basis. And then I decided to figure out, you know what, how do I handle the loss of somebody who's so special to me, who is part of my, you know, my future and my existence? How do I handle it? How do I go through it? And it's part of the reason why I'm doing today's session on death, yeah, and why it sucks, okay? So the depression state is also part of the fourth. And the fifth one is the acceptance stage, which is the last stage. This stage is about accepting the reality that our loved one is physically gone and recognize that this is the new reality and it's permanent okay so after you go to all the four the fifth one is you know what after i delay the person you know you go and bury the person the person that we put in the grave they put a sound on the person i love that and it's going to dawn on you that you know what geez truly the person is gone and that's when you'll be accepted but accepting it does not mean that you are okay it means that now you have to live with a new normal the new normal is that person is no more with you. It's no more with you. So these are the five stages of our grief. We are talking about denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So in conclusion, my brothers and sisters, this life, we are not here to live for long. We are here to live a good life. We are not here to live for long. We are here to live a good life. And to live a good life, we need to live a life of purpose and meaning. And to live a life of purpose and meaning, we need to live for others. 
Let us not be selfish. Let us live for others and humanity. And in the process, the things that we dream of, the things that we want so badly, the things that we aspire, we will get. Because when you live for others, you are truly going to live for others through love and compassion. And when you live for others through love and compassion, people are going to stick by you, stand by you, work with you, and help you achieve whatever dreams and goals you have. A lot of times people are selfish and all we do is think about ourselves. When you do that, you are not going to have people, you know, you know, help you on your journey to get you to where you got to get to. And as you grow and as you age, you're going to realize that, you know what, at the end of the day, it's about how you make people, how you make people feel, how you make people feel. So let's live in love. Let's make the most of every day. On a daily basis, aspire to be a better version of who you are. Because when it's all said and done, that is when you're going to look at and say, you know what? I lived, I did my best, and I am grateful, and I am thankful. You don't want to live, and at the end of the day, when you're about to exit, and you're terminally ill, you're about to exit, you have regrets. It is too late at that point. So if you're listening, you're watching, the foundation of your success is for you to try and improve and be the better version of you on a daily basis. Be better than yesterday. Be better than today. That should be your what? Your daily ambition and goal. Okay? Then don't forget to be spiritual. Be in touch and in tune with your maker. Okay? I talk about my death wish. I have told him in my upcoming memoir, there's a whole chapter on it about my death wish. How I want to die. Where I want to die. At what age I want to die. The people around me where exactly I'm going to be, and oh yes, a dog, a bubble is going to be by my side whilst I am there. I have envisaged all of that, okay? So let's not be scared of death. Let us embrace it. As much as it sucks, it is part of the universe. It is part of our maker's plan. We can't dodge it. We can't evade it. So let's embrace it. But in the process of embracing it, let us live on our terms. Let us love. Let us not live to regret. So on that note, Thank you so much. And this one I dedicate to Prosper Krakani. I dedicate to Quality Kwame. I dedicate to Believe. I dedicate to Actually. These are all his nicknames. Prosper. It hurts. It sucks. It's painful. I can't be mad at God. But thank you for all that you've done for me. I love you. And... God bless you. Thank you.